You're listening to audio from the Village Church, a community that's formed by the gospel and sent on God's mission, gathering weekly in the heart of downtown Hamilton, Ohio. For more information about the village or to connect with us, you can find us online at myvillagechurch.com. My name is Michael. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, I want to pray. God, thanks for your kindness for your generosity, for the grace that you give us. Jesus, that you came and and you died in our place so that we might be forgiven, that you died so that you might bury our sin for good and you live to give us life. And by faith alone in you alone, our hearts are knit to yours, our lives are knit to yours. Would you, would you never let us sway from that? And for those who have never embraced that truth today, Holy Spirit, would you open eyes and ears and minds and hearts today? Would you give us new hearts to trust you, to follow you wherever you lead? God, today would you let us as a church family be better forward and better together? We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now what? Uh, Kim and I have said that. Last night, in fact. Um, now what? Those nights when like the, the stars align and, and both of our kids are out of the house and, you, and it's like 8 o'clock in the evening and you're just like, now, now what? And you, most of the time we just fall asleep or whatever, you know? Um, I, I'm guessing that that feeling of like, now what is, is amplified by 10,000 when the kids, you know, will fly the coop for good. And, and, and you send them away, and then you just look at each other and you say, now what? You know? Uh, some in this room are empty nesters, and they've experienced that. And, and many in this room will experience that, maybe sometime soon, and, and maybe sometime down the line. Um, and my guess is it's probably come... For those who are living in that, it's probably come way more quickly than you would have imagined, you know, like, like that. It's just, and, and without acknowledging the dynamic shift, man, it might be difficult. Without at some point saying, hey, what does this mean for us? This feels different. This looks different. Uh, no matter what you do, things will be different. Um, and you spend your life investing in your family and your kids, and you hope that they'll be okay, but my guess is, in, in your gut, you probably hope that you'll be okay. Last week, we sent out uh, a group of people who were part of this family, and some for a long, long time. Um, and, and those people, gosh, we celebrate Cedar City Church as we sent them out. We invested in them, and they invested in us, and and now they're a, a new family that, that we sent out to, to make a dent for God's kingdom in the city of Lebanon. And they won't be around here and we won't have them relationally like we have in the past. Um, we sent them out and uh, along with others over the past year that have been a part of our family that are no longer a part of this church family. No matter what we do, things will be different. And if you're like me, then you, you hope that they'll be okay. But like in your gut... You hope that we'll be okay. 
So today we want to acknowledge the past and celebrate the present and be better forward. But to be better forward, we have to acknowledge where we are. So many of you in this room, gosh, you know, we've, uh, you've come into this family at, at different times along the way, but, but if I could, I want to get us into a time machine and take us back to a time uh, about 10 years ago. Um, the beginning of the village church, and, and this is what it looked like. It looked like 17 adults and uh, 112 kids <laughs> that God had been weaving together for a long time. And what we had was uh, a passion to be the church. L- literally, that was it. Like, hey, we want, to be, we want to be the church. And we had a desire to, to care for others and to be a family that brought joy in life. And that was one of the things that we said, like, gosh, why is it just so hard being the church and it's so hard to be joyful? Like, we want to, we want to be a people that give people life and that give them joy. That's what, that's what we want to be. And, and we were gripped by the gospel. And if I'm being honest, we were stumbling in to figuring out even what that meant and, and who Jesus really was and the fact that, that he literally did all of the work so that we might simply believe and that would change who we are forever. So, so we were gripped by the gospel, and, and we asked questions like, what do we believe to be true about God? And, and what is true in this book? And how can we grow as a people of the word? And, and we shed tears, and we had arguments over the only things that matter in this life, and, and that's the truth in this book. And we were better for it. We asked questions like, how can we engage this city that we barely know? our lives and how can we invite people into this family and how can we invite people into God's kingdom and, and how can we come alongside this city to advance good and to, to make Christ known by loving, by living, and by moving together. In our Sunday gatherings, we were in the YMCA, which is just three blocks down on the other side of, of High Street, and, and we would get there like 17 hours early, and, and we would... We would uh, set up stuff, and we would, we would uh, pull out chairs, and, and our entire church, all of this was in one little box. It's like three feet by three feet, right, in a closet. And we opened it up, and, and we pulled snakes out for sound stuff, and we hung uh, projector screens, all right? And, and for whatever reason, we made this light box, and this is the front of the light box, and it, it's made of recycled anvils. And if you don't believe me, if you were one of the ones that had to hang this thing on chains every single week, and we ask ourselves, why do we make this out of recycled anvils? It weighs 9,000 pounds. And, and we pulled pack and plays out of a closet so that kids would be safe under a pool table in one of the rooms. And we had... We had gatherings before our first Sunday gathering. And in the second one, we blew all of the electricity in the city of Hamilton. And I remember I was teaching at the time, and I, I, I found this document a couple weeks ago, and it was, a, it was a diagram. This is the work of the church. It was a diagram for um, electric uh, extension cords. So we're running them like 300 yards throughout this building that's 200 years old just so that we wouldn't trip breakers when we turn on the amp so that we might be able to hear something. 
we had dysfunctional teams, and I remember like repeatedly showing up, and we're like, there's supposed to be coffee there, and like, well, and then the person, you know, at, at 1045, like, sorry, I overslept, and you're like, for real? Like, just coffee. We just need to have coffee. We had dysfunctional processes, and we were tired, but we were hopeful because we believed that God could do anything. But it was tough because it, it, was, it was a lot of work, and I was incredibly unhealthy. Um, my, my schedule was unhealthy. And, and some years later, you guys hired me because we had collected enough money to do that. And that changed stuff for me and for my family, and I think it changed stuff for, for our church. And new seasons came and new faces connected, and, and we moved from there to a permanent facility for nine months <laughs> just down the road. And another basement that was much darker than this one. And I don't remember much about it. I just remember it was dark. And when we got there, there was splatter paint all over. And this guy named Alex Ryan spent 1,900 hours with a little buffer just getting all the splatter paint out of the, the floor. And, and in that time, people showed up. And it was, it was short-lived, but we grew slow but sure. And then, and then some time later, we moved to this space. And it was white was very white, and I remember walking in here, and we're like, this, it, it makes sense now, but it didn't make sense. It was all white, and we're like, how can you make a doctor's office look like something that would be enjoyable to come and do this in? And we walked around, and we, we figured it out, and we built walls, and, and this skid wall right here at one point was actually right by this pillar right here. So you guys, you were out, all right? <laughs> and and a, a, another X-29 church that wasn't far from here in Butler County, it, it folded, and gosh, we got a handful of families from that church, and we rejoiced, and we figured out what it looked like to love well and to serve well in light of burnout and, and the weight of, of who we were trying to be and just the fact that, that growing God's church is, is tough. Over time, we hired another staff, so I wasn't by myself through the week, and, and in, in time, not long ago, we hired a third staff um, so that we might mobilize y'all to be the church. Um, we became, over time, more organized, and we, we dealt with growth and more healthy and, and, and refined in our language and who we're trying to be, and we navigated the struggle between doing too much and doing way too much. <laughs> um, and how did you ask anyone back then or, or along the way how things were going, you may have received and kind of unrealized optimism of what could be. Gosh, it's tough, but, but I believe in what God's up to, and we're, we're just pumped, and we, wanna, we want to see him move, and we want to see this church grow, and we want to send out churches, and we want to do big things because God's a, a big God, and that's what he invites us into. And if you had, had taken me to this room on this day, 98% of the life of the Village Church, and you had caught me up to speed on who we are and, and who you are, and I don't even know who half of you are, and I love that, and you would have said, we, we just sent out a church, and, and things aren't perfect, but this is, this is who we got. Gosh, my heart would have leaped for joy. And yet, man, the last year has been really tough. If you're here for the first time today, you just get a little sneak peek and you get caught up, right? You watched 
six seasons of Lost in, in 40 minutes. <laughs> Man, the last year has been tough. And, and in my heart, I have had a... a cloud of just discontentment in who I am and who we are. And if you know me, like I don't hang out in mediocrity very well. Like if things are like just fine, then they should be better. <laughs> and that is, that is not okay. And, and that at the very same time as a gift from the Lord. There's danger in being wired like that. Because the danger is I'm just never satisfied. But there's delight in the gift from the Lord that says, no, like we can be better. We should be better. So I ask questions like, where am I best? Where are we best? Am I the guy that can help us get to where we need to be? Like this unsettled idea that, that maybe because we're, we're really organized and we have uh, a, a right theology, um, but we don't get to fill up the baptistry as often as I would like. Like, you tracking with me? Like, we can get a whole lot right. And at the same time, we can get a whole lot wrong. This is super true, and it's super easy to get caught up in all sorts of measurables that may or may not reflect whatever success might look like. And, and we, we do that for ourselves. You know, as kids, we're like, we, we just want more trophies. <laughs> like, and, and that's good. And you want more medals, and that's winning. And, and as families, like, ah, you, you grow, and you want a, a better job, and you want more stuff. And those are the things that say, ah, right? I can't believe I'm this old, and I only have these things in my life. And as as Churches measure things, and it's okay to measure things. It's okay to, to do that to, to figure out where we're healthy and where we're not, but, but we look at people and budgets and complexity and processes, and, and it's easy for, for us to look at those things and say, yeah, that's, that's good, that's, that's health. And maybe it is, and, and maybe it's not. So it's been a season of uh, reflection, but to be better forward, we have to acknowledge where we are. And I want to acknowledge that it's, that it's been tough. It's been like a, a tough season and, and lots to celebrate and, and gosh, lots of you that, that I'm eager to meet. But man, it's, I, I said to somebody the other day, like I don't know many people that are thriving in their life right now. Do you know how many of you I've talked to in the last year and you're like, killing it? <laughs> how are things? Honestly, Michael, they couldn't be better. Do you know, zero of you, this many of you, honestly, I have nothing to complain about in my life, but, but it's more like just, how are things? Deep sigh, 
I'm getting by. Thriving is like not even a thing in your radar. Individuals, families, and, and like seasonally, some of you are like just maybe just having kids and, and, and everybody around you knew it was going to happen, but, but you didn't. <laughs> and, and it was as if you just, you can't even walk. You got your legs cut out from under you. And all of your life that you had together, it's in just chaos. And everyone around you, we, we, we just want to laugh, but we care for you. <laughs> and, and others are disillusioned by things that you thought you would have, but you don't. And that's weighty, and that's tough. And then, and, and, you know, if, if you do have a, a family and your kids are older, and you're just like, what is, this is not what I thought. And the weight of work and just living life is super tough, and being the church is super tough. We sent out Cedar City Church, but, but beyond that, we've said goodbye to many other friends and members of this family, and most of them, the, 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 the tough thing is most of them have been on good terms. And people move, and job shifts, and, but I want you to know that we don't grow a church at any cost, that's not, that's, that's not what Jesus did. That's not what anyone in this book does. We want to grow a healthy church. We want you to be a part of that, but not at any cost. And so we've, we've sat in living rooms with people, and you know what we said? Faithful servants who contribute to this family. We said, you should go somewhere else, right? You should, you should be a part of, of a healthy church that's closer to your home so that you might invest and engage in the mission that's better for you and it's better for the kingdom and it's not better for us. But you know what? It's still painful. And anybody who comes in this door and spends time with his family and, and leaves and, and never comes back, it's, it's painful. And I don't know if you feel this way, but, but for me, and I know for the elders, it, it's personal and it's just, it's, it's really tough. And God's been gracious and kind of we've grown slow but sure over time. And, and in the last year, it's like, Wow. You know, there's just like, like you say, like the hits keep coming, and it's just felt like, gosh, there have been lots of hits. So as we reflect, this is, I, I just want to ask a few questions today, and this will, this will sound a whole lot more like a talk than a sermon, maybe. I don't know if we can do that. What is the church? You've got to figure that out if you're going to be a part of it. How are we that with our resources and our time and our energy? How are we that? And how am I that with all that God's given me? So to help us answer and reflect and evaluate and, and maybe even just kind of re-engage our lives into the mission of God for this city, for His glory, let's look to Jesus. All right? And I want to I look to Matthew chapter 4. You've probably heard this before. This is what Jesus says, 4.17. From that time, Jesus began, pre uh, began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. So he just starts his, his earthly ministry. He grows up, he becomes a man, and he says, Time to get to work. And, he, and this is what he says, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then, right after that, while walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, 
who's called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. Now that's tough for a fisherman, right, Wes? Yeah. (laughs) Wes is like, they were committed. Immediately they left their nets and they followed him. And going on, he saw two more brothers, James, son of Zebedee, son of uh, John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and they followed him. So he says, all right, I need a team. So what Jesus says, I, I need a team. And, and, and he goes and gets See, what we're looking at today, it's not village basics. It is being a Christian basics. This is what we're looking at. And maybe these are new concepts to you, and and maybe they're not, but they are incredibly important. The first thing that Jesus calls us to is is to change our allegiance. Here's what's going on. Here's what it looks like. He says, repent, the kingdom is at hand. He said, like, we never use the word repent. What does that even mean? You have to shed tears. You have to be sad. It means to change. It means change course. It means you're going one way, and then you're going another way. It means you're pursuing one thing and you're pursuing something else. Change. Change your allegiance. The kingdom is near. Change your life. God's kingdom has arrived. And we hear the saying, come as you are. And you hear churches all the time say that. Come as you are. And like Jesus says, look, like fix your tackle box. Don't just just follow me. Come as you are. but, But look, we're not permitted to stay that way. And so, so Jesus says, says, turn, change your life, change the allegiance of your heart, throw away the measurables of this world and trade them in for far greater ones. You have a new king and you have a new heart. You were dead, but now you live. Well, how do I live like that? And, and he tells him, he says, follow me. Follow me. This is the call for all who hear of this kingdom. This is the call for everyone in this room, and, and you've either, either heard this before or you haven't. Change the allegiance of your heart and follow me, or continue on as you were, following the king of this world, yourself. Some of us need to consider just on the most basic level the call to follow him and let him give us new hearts for a new life, and we confuse all sorts of things for this, knowing about God, gathering together with the church, but he says, follow me, and and there can be no close seconds, and this is what he says later on, he says, when you follow me, you will know my voice, and I will know that you're mine by the way that you know my voice, and look, there will be lots of other voices, follow me, and then he says this, change your ambition. Right, change the allegiance of your heart and change your ambition. You once lived to provide for this life, and I want to give you greater work. And here's the thing. These guys, they don't stop being fishermen. G- guess what? Because they have to eat. So we find them fishing all through the Gospels. And as this book unfolds, you find them fishing. But he says, I- I'm going to, to change the ambition of your heart. Walk with me, and I will show you my work. Walk with me, and I will teach you my ways. Walk with me, and I will set you out to fish for people, kingdom people. Your life getting them into my net so that we might live. 
So, so the call is to change our allegiance. That's heart. And to follow this king. And when we do that, the focus of our ambition, the, the focus of our action, it changes. So we have the remainder of the book of Matthew, and we have the other gospels, uh, Mark, Luke, and John. Do you know what the remainder of the book of Matthew is? I just realized this this week. The remainder of, of the book of Matthew is, is simply this. He, he spends years walking with his disciples and doing amazing things and teaching amazing things and revealing amazing things about him, about the kingdom, about who we are. And do you know what he was doing? He was teaching them how to follow him so that they might fish for men. Do you get it? Follow me, and I will show you a, a new way to live, and I will teach you to fish for men. And then we just get to see them follow him. And we read about it, page after page after page, then following him. That's the plan. Can you believe that that's the plan? Can you believe that the Father, the Son, and the Spirit before the earth was ever made, said, this is the plan? That they're going to fall and they're going to be away from you? And they're going to be unable to, to keep the law? They're, they're going to be unable to love purely upward and outward? And, and we're going to have to send help, a rescuer, and Jesus, who, who wants it? Who wants it? I'll do it. We're going to send the Son, and He's going to live in, in, a perfect, in a perfect way that pleases the Father by the power of the Spirit in every moment, in every thought, in every moment of his life. And at the end of his life, he's going to call a few fishermen to follow him. That is the plan to save humanity from their sin. Can you believe that? Well, it gets crazier. So if we read the very end of this book, and you've probably heard this before, the very end, the last thing that he says to his disciples. He, he's, he's come, he's died for their sin, he's freed us from our sin, he's pleased God on our behalf. He sends them out. 28, 16, now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Man, what encouragement there is in that. And Jesus came and he said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. He's like, you know this. I'm sent from the Father. Now go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, rest assured, I'm with you always to the end of the age. So, so now that you know what following me is about, go fishing and invite more people to follow me. You've been my disciples. Go and make more and teach them who I am and to follow me and to go and make more and repeat for the glory of God until I return. This is discipleship. Be my disciple and live your life to make more disciples. Discipleship is, is helping others follow Jesus. And our main ambition, if we are in Christ, is multiplying God's glory. And we do that by following him and inviting more people to do the same. So where does that leave us on this day? 
Well, it, it doesn't change anything. And yet, it might change everything. Look, we have a well-rounded identity, right? We have thoughtful language about who we are as the village church. You, you may have heard it. You, you may have heard things like this. We are a community that's formed by the gospel and sent on God's mission. And you know what? I believe that. You might have, well, what are, what are we going to do? Well, we're going to love God. We're going to love our neighbors. We're going to live out this book as best as we can. We're going to be active, moving to engage the culture around us with the gospel of Jesus. And that, that's good news. You know what we're going to do? We're going to make, we're going to mature, we're going to multiply disciples. And you know what they do? They're, they're going to make, they're going to mature, and they're going to multiply disciples in, in, until he comes. That, that is fantastic. And to be committed to the mission. You know, you know how we're going to do that? We're going to gather together as the church, and we're going to scatter out as the church. You know what our groups are going to do? They're going to, on a monthly basis, they're going to sit under the word together. They're going to sit around the table together. They're going to be among our neighbors together. See, we didn't have that clarity of language 10 years ago. But here's the thing. I don't want to have a biblical theology without being changed by the word of God. I don't. Here's the thing. I, I don't care to have a, a robust gospel identity without believing that I am saved from my very real sin. I don't want that. See, I don't want to have a perfect for people who don't know Jesus in my house. I don't want to talk about engaging uh, missionally with our neighbors and evangelism without knowing the neighbors that live a, a, a stone's throw from me on my street. I don't want to do that. I don't want to have a, a, a framework for care without being a person and us being a people who loves our enemies. I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to talk about grace without being a person that offers grace. I, I don't want to do that. See, it's so easy to have a disconnect about thinking right and, and living in, right, in, in light of that. So, so I want to joyfully believe the truth of this kingdom and join God's work to build it. And this is today all that we're calling us to, to joyfully believe. H have you come to the place where you believe? Don't assume. Yeah, I believe. I got something. Get in my boat or stay in yours. But my God, don't hang out in the middle somewhere. How about the rhythms in the relationships that help you follow him? What do those look like? Like, 
Those things take, t- they, they take time. They're costly. Relationships are tough. I, I know time is short, and I know life is busy. And you know what? That might be okay, but, but it might not be. Because here's the thing. If Jesus isn't at the center of your life, something else is. And you can figure that out on your deathbed, right? God's grace abounds. Or we can figure it out now. And we can live a life that contributes to this kingdom. If this be true, my God, should, should we not be a people uh, who, who simply can't contain our joy in, in suffering and in pain and in the throes of life and in the busyness and on those days where you just sigh at the end of it and you're just thankful that you got through the day? Should we not be a, a joyful people if, if what we say about this is true? And, and look... Within our hearts, there's always a vying to recapture our allegiance. And so Jesus says, change and follow me, and I'll teach you what to do. But if we forsake community that builds us up in the word that anchors us and the spirit that holds us near, then, then here's what happens. We forsake the work of Jesus that's, that's already been done, and, and then our hearts are vulnerable to forget. So these things and these people, and the people to the left and to, and to your right, those are active graces in your life to make sure that we joyfully believe. And look, I know some of you, uh, this isn't a thing, and and for others, I don't think 75 minutes on a Sunday is is enough to compete with the roar of this world which wages war over your heart. I don't think it's enough. Then, out out of our joyful community, bold belief, we get to boldly build. We get to take ownership in this family. We get to take ownership in this mission. And maybe a way to consider this is is about those relationships. Those who help you follow Jesus better. And those who, who you're both just kind of walking along and, and, and they're up when you're down. Right? And you're up when they're down. And, and you both kind of see things similarly, and, 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 and you kind of just, they're, they're uh, like journey companions. Do you have those people in your life? Do you have those people who don't know Jesus at all in your life? Because all three of those relationships are, are really, really important when we see what this thing looks like in real life together. Man, just this week, as I was just discouraged and just trying to figure out this I sat in a community group, and you know what I heard? I heard several stories of people explicitly sharing the gospel with people around them. That's good news. Like, like I'm telling someone else about who Jesus is so that they might have life. So when we're around people who, who do that, they, they encourage us, and we get to share those stories and, and, and walk them out together. Stories of God's work. And, and Pastor David Hackney, whom we sent out last week, man, he, he said, gosh, I, I want to hear stories of, of bold investment and bold evangelism that, that come back and, and God is, is glorified. And, and I want to hear stories of, of you being an epic 
failure. That you tried and they hate you because of it. And we don't want that. Like, who do we think that we are? And the beauty of, of those opportunities are we're boldly making him known. You, you don't try to have people hate you. But do you believe if we're doing that enough, it's going to happen? Like, you know that happened to Jesus, right? You know that happened to Paul, right? Peter. And, and all of the people in this book, if you think that your walk in Christ is tough, you should read Ezekiel and Isaiah and these guys. Like, it doesn't end well. It's not even well in the middle. Anywhere. But you know what? Today, they're rejoicing in paradise. Today, we believe because of their faithfulness. So here's where I'm at. Finally, because I believe this thing to be true, there is no pressure on me. I'm going to say that just one more time just so I believe it. There's no pressure on me to get it right. There's no pressure on me to orient my life in such the, the perfect way that makes for the best leader to lead us in the best way. There's no pressure for me to do that. Like when Jesus said it's finished, he, 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 wasn't, he wasn't playing pretend. Like it, it's done. But what there is for me and what there, what there is for us is all the burden in the world for us to join him and let people know that it's finished. We, we don't have to. We get to. We get to joyfully believe. We get to, we get to boldly build. So today we want to acknowledge the past and celebrate the present and be better forward. And to be better, we have to acknowledge where we are. So look, we get to acknowledge the bad and the loss of people. And in this church family, and you include all of them that, that have come and gone and, and those that we sent out, we, we've lost over 50 people in the last year. And, and so we get, to, we get to acknowledge that and we get to say that that's with pain and some of it joyful pain and that causes me to, to lose sleep and self-reflect and, and causes us to corporately reflect. It, it's not easy and that means that there's less resource to carry out the mission. There's less volunteers and, and we know that the laborers are few but the harvest is great and there are less people to carry the burden of loving, living and moving and that can be indis, uh, uh, discouraging. That can be a tough go, but, but anything worth anything comes with a fight. And so what we get to do is we get to celebrate. We get to celebrate the good that God hasn't changed. That the mission hasn't changed. That He's grown us. That He died for us. That He establishes us. That He has clearly been, been visible and working among us. That He is for us. In Christ, that he has brought your faces to be in this room today, and he's at work among us. And we get to celebrate Easter a couple weeks ago. What joy. We get to celebrate sending a church out. What joy. And he invites us 
to continue to be better forward. And here's the thing. We sent some people out, and you in this room have remained so that we might be sent out. Now what? Well, this is where I would normally give you like a strategic mission plan. But I'm not. Let's go back to those empty nesters, right? They have some scars for, from some battles, right? And maybe they won a few and maybe they lost a few over the years. It's, it's in the trenches of mission where the deepest relationships are forged. And I know that to be true because I've been doing this with you all for a long time. Of course, they must acknowledge the change the changes around them, but, but that doesn't mean that they stop investing. I, I mean, they have the, the neighbor kids to consider, right? And they have the grandkids to consider, right? And so maybe the dynamic changes a little bit, but, but the, the mission continues. And, and this is what Jesus did when he set out to build his church. He called 12 men to be with him, but then he called three to be with him really closely. He revealed like particular kingdom secrets to them and then, then to the twelve consistently and to the multitudes regularly and each of those relationships and investments he expected of them and he sent them to do just the same until he comes. So what we do is we wait joyfully believing and, and boldly building. Every year in, in the fall we ask those that are members in this church family to, to kind of recommit and, and, and we say, we want you to commit to the family, and we want you to commit to the mission. And we do that for two reasons. We want to give off-ramps for those that are wayward or connected somewhere else, or for those to maybe to have tough conversations, or for those to say, you know what, I, I just can't track where you're going anymore. And then, then we also do it for alignment, for realignment, to, to remind us of what we're about, of, of who we are as a family. And today I'm asking you to do the same thing. That, that we might be better forward and, and that begins with, with you. That begins with your commitment and, and you saying, I want to contribute and I want to take personal ownership in these things, the family. And so I'm just going gonna, gonna to run a, a string of questions at you, okay? Are you personally owning the call to follow Jesus? Maybe for the first time in your life would be today. I want to follow Jesus. Are you personally owning the call to follow Jesus and actively walking with and growing in your relationship with Him? See, man, we might be good at building the kingdom. If we miss that, we're sunk. Are you committed to, to this community, to, to community group, which I know sometimes is just a pain in the rear? I know I'm, I'm part of that, right? And I know you, you all are too. And I know you're like, you have this magical idea of what that looks like. And then you throw 12 kids in the room. And, and people being late and trying to eat. And it's just, it's a mess. A, a beautiful mess. That, that's what I'm calling you to. Are you committed to this community, to community group, to your membership covenant, and to this, this village church family? Look. Do you show up 
It's pretty baseline. Do you show up? Do you consider others when you're gathered with the church? Do you contribute to growth? Do you live in such a way as to build up the family for God's glory? That's what I'm asking of you today. What, what about the mission? This is for me, but I'm going to let you in on it. Can we be finished being cowardly missionaries? Michael, can we stop that? If this is true, if this is true, then what are we doing? Are you personally owning the responsibility to be fishers of men? To make, to mature, and multiply disciples of Jesus? Personally? Are you giving generously of your resources, your finances, your time, your dinner table, your life, your gifts, your service to build God's kingdom? You want to be a missionary? Have someone over for dinner. Have someone over for dinner that doesn't know Jesus and invite them to know him. Invite them into your life. Invite them into your community. Are you committed to treating gatherings, these things, as opportunities to invite and host future citizens of God's kingdom that we will spend eternity with? Are you engaging neighbors intentionally, inviting your family, and joining your community's effort to share Jesus with those who walk in darkness. Let's get back in that time machine again and, and go into the future. If we do those things, there isn't a basement in this city big enough to hold the glory of God. Can we consider what these things look like in our own hearts, in our own families, in our community, in the city, in this county, and to the ends of the earth? To be better forward, we have to acknowledge where we are and commit to follow him wherever he is going. Pastor Scott's going to come up in just a minute, and he's going to invite us to respond. Father, thank you so much for your goodness, for just showing us just how simple this is. just follow you where you lead to join your work for your glory so that dead men might live so that we might experience genuine joy in our belief that we might boldly build God would you give us all of the the, the, the heart and the compassion and the mind and the how all of those things would you give us as a grace in Jesus' name.